from Television City in Hollywood. Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe! Here comes the Spud Man, it goes down easy, it calls to you who, the social outcast, yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, it goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready, Trumbo. And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, I am Spud Goodman. Welcome one and all to our program. <laughs> the Spud Man. <laughs> you know, tonight I do have a bit of optimism. I have a bit of optimism in me, you know, and, and no, it has nothing to do with the show. Rather, it is more the, it's more about this young man I'm now babysitting and have on my lap, Donald here. That, it's okay, it's okay, it's all right. It's okay. I believe Donald's 18 months now at this point. He represents the future, and I will try my best tonight to not let my cynicism and negativity seep into his unformed brain matter. Uh, you know, I've had to help out my neighbor Latasha a few times before and watch Donald for her here while I do this show, so this, this is not going to be any big deal. Uh, I'm just giving you, the listener, a heads up if you hear, you know, someone crying or burping. It's Donald, not my temporary permanent co-host, Gerald. No. So could you just take him for a second? I need to get something out of my pocket here. Uh, and he's, yeah. he's getting, he's kind of uh, heavy. I got, Don't drop I, him. I got him. Oh, Okay, Donald. Uh, you know, Donald and I know each other. Right, little fella? You remember me? You, you know, remember? it's just my luck that Gina, our designated laugher, said she was going to be late and was only going to be here for the post-show report because I could really use her baby wisdom oh, right now. Yeah, 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 that's uh, right. Anyway, I'm pretty sure he does remember you. Look at him. I mean, yeah. I mean he, he, you, you, you did this once before, right? Because uh, I've had to babysit him a few times myself. How, how, how many See, times? He seems, like he's neat. seems like he knows you, Sorba. Okay. Anyway, let's get the show started. Okay. Cross our fingers he doesn't start toothing or something. I, I think the term Good is... call, yo. It's, it's teething, Spud. Whatever. Uh, you know, having gone through this with my kids... Hold I, him a little bit. Oh, support I, his I head. Got, I got his head. You know, I pretty much know the drill here. And if things get totally out of control, I, I can always text my wife for some no, expert advice. No, no, no way. We're not going to admit we can't handle this. Well, the last couple times I watched it. him, really the only problem that came up was he went through so many damn diapers, you know, we ran out. Well, this time I stopped on the way here and, and bought a dozen or so. Oh. That's going to get us through the first hour. you know. And, and if during the post-show report and, and I hang around that long, I haven't made up my mind yet, yeah. then you can maybe make a 7-Eleven run. Ooh. Oh, I'm sorry, Spud, but I, I won't be able to uh, to hang around for the post-show report tonight. I have to get home right away and help my oldest with his science really? fair project. Well, believe me, the truth is I'd rather hang around a crying baby any day than work on this science project. Jeez, I know nothing about science. And he wants me to help him design an Atom Smasher prototype. Didn't I see something about 
that on 60 Minutes. Some, uh, they had some huge Atom Smasher in like Switzerland. And, oh, yeah. And yeah. they said like one wrong move and it could implode and possibly knock the Earth off its axis. Whatever hell that means. I don't, I don't, but I, I don't think, I don't think it's a good thing. But no, no, I, I'm aware of the dangers of atom smashing. I, I advised my son that he should choose another project, but he's always been somewhat of a rebel, like like his dad. You know, my my wife right. calls him uh, my mini me. Gerald, please don't screw up that science fair project for your son. And if you do, at least give us a heads up so we can run. Before we are all loose matter just orbiting around the sun. <laughs> you know, smashing atoms would be pretty cool. Yeah. I have to say that. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm going to see if one of the interns can watch Donald uh, during the post-show you know, show report if I stay around. And again, I haven't decided that. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I don't really like being in the studio then. I dig Lawrence a lot, but that Derek guy just gets on my nerves. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I hear you. So right now, how about I feed Donald some stewed apricots? Uh, there's a couple jars right here no, in this bag no, here. I got- no, those are mine. Those are mine. Oh. Put, put them back. Sorry. I, I got him a, a couple jars of applesauce. They're right there. Oh. I like the stewed apricots. It's a tasty snack. You know, whenever I'm on the go, I, I like to take them oh, with me. Okay, okay. Uh, listen, I'll, I'll go with the applesauce for him. Super. Well, hey, look. Hold, listen to that. I can hear his stomach growling right now. Listen. You can hear So I'll feed him while I play some music. I'll feed him. All right, here's a band that we had on our TV show on KTZZ in Seattle way back in the mid-90s, 5440 from Vancouver, B.C. Um, and we played this live recording uh, of this you know, on our radio show previously, but this is the studio recording of Blame Your Parents off of Smiling Buddha Cabaret on Columbia Records. Check it out. Parents, broken image, blame the counterculture and 
This is the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Uh, hi, this is Don Rickles. I'm on the Spud Goodman Show. That'll show you how my career is going. I hope you listen to it, because the last time I saw him, he was out in the woods chopping logs. But who knows? Uh, that's it, folks. Uh, uh, Spud, our, yeah. our first guest, Jeff Foxworthy, is yeah, waiting yeah. to speak with you. He's drooling. Get that napkin uh, off. I, I got it. Or I got whatever it. that thing is. No, he, he was putting his rattle in his mouth. Okay. So. Uh, you know, I have to say, the wife and I are such big fans of him and all the guys yeah, yeah. on the Blue Collar Comedy Tour. Yeah. Very funny people. I, I'm aware of this. Well, Spud, as you are more of an urban kind of guy, you know, I could help you out here, as I'm much more in tune with a country-based worldview. I mean, um, I own a pickup, oh, yeah. you know? That, that beater in your backyard that you only use to go to the dump? Well, Man, no, seriously, you drive a PT Cruiser. Not exactly country, if you ask not, me. Uh, well, I've also tried smokeless tobacco a few times when I was younger, but I had to floss so much afterwards. Yeah, it was just yeah. too demanding time-wise, so I kicked the head. Yeah, well, I'm a well-rounded talk show host. I can relate to almost everyone, so put him on, would you? Oh, yeah, okay, here he is. Thank you. Well, please say hello to comedian, actor, author, Jeff Foxworthy. We appreciate you calling into the show, man. I, I thank you for having me. Yeah, well, you're going to be appearing in Seattle at the Paramount Theater with Larry the Cable Guy on the We've Been Thinking Tour. Two shows. you got two shows at 5 and 8 p.m. Is the early one for people with kids and babysitters? Is that... <laughs> well, probably. Well, you could fall into that category today. Uh, absolutely. So, uh, you know, because we do have uh, a baby with us here in the studio. And, you know, and, and as you're a dad, I, I, I might be hitting you up for a tip or two about parenting. Uh, let, me, let me ask you this right off the bat. Um, do you burp a kid before or after you feed them? Usually it's better afterwards. I, I remember with my oldest one, I, what I learned about her was that she was nauseated by the smell of a clean shirt. So whenever I would be going out to do a show and I'd pick her up to kiss her goodnight, that's when she would spew. So I used to actually treat her like a can of beer. I would shake her up and hand her to people I didn't like. I'm like Hold her just a minute, would you? And, uh, and I'll tell you another thing. When it says 8 to 10 pounds on the side of the box of Pampers, that's all those things will hold, okay? Well, that's for the that, record. All right. That, yeah, that that's down. the limit. So so learn that. All right, Gerald, write that down. All right. Um, so, but <laughs> I, hopefully the burping's over, though, by the time it hit 12 or 13, right? Because I, I, I... Yeah, well, no, it's really only beginning again at that age. So. All right, all right. Well... <laughs> You know, Jeff, you you complete the trifecta for this show, as we ha in the past have had on fellow Blue Collar Comedy Tour participants Bill Engvall and Larry the Cable Guy. And I may not hang out that much at the Cabela's or Bass Pro Shop in our area, but after those guys, I found out that funny is funny no matter what collar you have on, you know? Uh, well, I, I think so. I, w I was doing in an interview earlier this morning, and somebody said, well, is your crowd just a bunch of rednecks? And I said, Lord, not at all. I mean, it kind of goes across the board. Funny's funny. And, yeah, you know, I was saying people know me for the redneck jokes, but if you go look at any special or listen to any album, most of what I talk about, this is kind of the way I write, is I, I think if I think it or my wife says it or my family does it, surely there's other people doing the same thing. And so I just get kind of have always talked about my life and, and that's what we're doing on this tour. Larry and I worked together in Vegas in December, and uh, and I said, what do you want to do at the end of the show? And he goes, let's just take the stools out and answer questions. And I thought, oh, God, this is going to be terrible. 
it was a blast. And, and so afterwards, he said, man, we should do a tour like this. And, and I said, okay, but if we're going to do it, you and I both have to write a new hour of material, stuff people have never heard. And he goes, a new hour. Oh, Lord, i got to start thinking, which is how the name We've Been Thinking Tour came about. But but I'm going to be honest with you. I am having as much fun as, as I've had since the early days of the Blue Collar Tour. This is just a fun, fun show. And people are loving the new material. And I remember when I started in comedy, I always would tell my wife, don't let me stay too long at the dance. There's nothing worse than a comic that's not funny anymore. But, you know, I'm just kind of talking about what's going on in my life right now. And people are stinking laughing. Life's good. So, yeah, well, well, it's, a, it's a fun, fun show. Well, let's, let's deal with a little bit about when you first started. Is it true that uh, at that time that you, at first you were working in the computer industry? Because you have to be the first IT guy in the world to become a successful stand-up. Those guys are not exactly known for being hilarious at the office, you know? Well, I worked at IBM. It sounds more glamorous than it was. I carried a tool bag and I fixed machines. But probably like a lot of people, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And, and my dad worked there, and I'm sure he had somebody go, hey, give my kid a job. But I, I was the guy that was always doing impersonations of the boss in the break room, and then I'd turn around and the boss would be in the doorway. So, you know, I wasn't on the fast track to success. But I was, I was always making people laugh, and a bunch of guys I worked with entered me in a comedy contest, and I had never been to a comedy club, and I went up and I won the contest against working comics. I had no idea what I was doing. Wow. And and I quit my job. You know, my parents thought I had lost my mind. My mother's like, are you on dope? What is wrong with you? And then five years later, I was on Johnny Carson, and the same mother is going, you know, you wasted all those years at IBM. And But uh, I found something that I love to do, you know, and it just kind of made my heart sing. And, you know, 30 years later, I still love to do it. I still get excited about going to work. It was kind of worked out. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It was okay. Hey, Spud. You know, as Jeff here wrote that book, you might be a redneck if. Yes. Well, you know, I was given that book as a gift a few years back, and I have to say, I identified with many of the scenarios he wrote about. What do you want me to say? You don't exactly look like a redneck with your suit and tie at all times. You look more like a DEA agent. Well, I have told you many times, I just feel more comfortable in a suit and tie. Okay. It, it is who I am, but I don't think clothes are all that make the man. I mean, I may not wear jean shorts or enjoy bass fishing, but according to Jeff's book, I just might be an actual redneck. Okay. Okay. I haven't shared this with many people as, you know, living in the Pacific Northwest, sometimes rednecks have a difficult time assimilating into the community. Hey, to each his own, man. If you enjoy eating deep-fried pig's feet, then knock yourself out. Who am I to judge? <laughs> that was very Pope Francis-esque of you, Spud. You're making real progress in being more tolerant. I'm trying, okay? So can I get back to speaking with Jeff, please? Absolutely. As I am such a big fan of his, you know how much it would mean to me to jump in and just exchange a few words no, with no, him? No, no. I, I would be brief. No, that's never going to happen uh, on my watch. Zip it, because I have to get back to him. Hey, Jeff, uh, I'm back. Uh, thanks, bud. Well, hey, you hosted the show Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? And I have to say that program did make me very depressed uh, on many occasions. Oh. My many years in community college felt like a total waste. You know, <laughs> I shouted the, always the wrong answer at the TV. But anyway, so that but that show was pretty popular. Oh, yeah. You know what? It, it, and it, I mean, it was such a great premise. When Mark Burnett 
first called me, he said, would you host a game show? And I said, ah, I don't know. That's kind of cheesy. What is it? And he said, adults taking an elementary school test for a shot at a million bucks. And I thought, this is brilliant because everybody's going to think they can do it. And, and you find out real quick, it's hard. You know, it's just really hard. You don't use that stuff and it's gone. But, 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 but the fun thing about it was I could still be a comedian. I didn't have to act like I was Alex Trebek and I knew all that stuff. And, you know, I could still, you could still bust on people because even if you're getting the questions right, it's stuff seven-year-olds are answering every day. So you can't get real cocky about it. Yeah, well, no, I, I, yeah, I, I didn't experience the cockiness aspect. <laughs> but anyway, um, well, on a more serious note, and doing a little research about you and your life, I found uh, your take on organized religion to be quite refreshing. You choose to kind of pass on the attending formal service services thing, and instead uh, lead outreach efforts with the homeless and victims of substance abuse over the years. That that approach may not be real good for the mega churches out there, but it's obviously more in line with the basic teachings of your faith. So hopefully, more will follow your. Experience. Yeah, you, you know, I mean, I just... That's my editorial I, statement. I, I kind of butted heads with organized religion, but, but you know, I mean, it's like my faith is like, you, you know, you just need to love on people. You don't need to tell people what to do. You just so, I mean, for the last seven or eight <laughs> years, I get up at five o'clock on Tuesday mornings and I go do a Bible study with homeless guys in downtown Atlanta. And it's, it's my, it's my favorite church I've ever been to. I was telling them that Tuesday. I'm like, you guys are so much more authentic and, and cooler than, than people on Sunday mornings pretending like they got it all going on. And, you know, it's, and it's probably like most of us is, you know, most people that end up on the street, it's, it's because of some trauma that happened to them early in life and they end up in addiction. And when you're in addiction, you can't work and, right. you know, then you don't have a place to live. And so it's, you know, just trying to get to the root of some of those things that get people off the tracks. And, uh, you know, they'll look at you and tell you the truth. They'll look at you and go, hey, I, I wiped out my grandmother's life savings to smoke crack. And you're like, okay, well, we can deal with that. Let's talk about it. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, Faith that you don't live out is is not much of anything. So, and it's you know it's one of those things. If you just love on people, people on the outside are like, well, I don't know what that is, but that's kind of appealing as as opposed to somebody just judging me on what I'm doing right and what I'm wrong. And so, yeah, that's how I choose to live. And you don't televise it, and you don't ask for donations. That's that's hey, what a concept. <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> yeah, and I don't take a camera down there when I do it. Yeah. And like I said, you know, people are like, how long have you been doing that? I'm like, eight years every Tuesday morning. So, you know, I mean, but to, to me, when, you, when you're out there trying to help somebody, you probably shouldn't have a TV camera with you. No, no, absolutely not. Well, on a different note, uh, Jeff, you've also sold a buttload of comedy albums. Do you see this art form? <laughs> Is that, and I believe that's how they measure them. It's, yeah. He's officially sold a buttload now. So that's, Absolutely. Do you see this art form soon going the way, though, of cassette tapes uh, tapes or Polaroid cameras? Because um, how many people are able to do that these days? Comedy albums, are it's a tough thing. You know, the market's changing. Well, it's totally changed, but I mean that's an interesting question. In fact, I was, I was telling somebody not long ago. I said if I was starting in comedy now, I'm not sure how I would make a living because, you know, back when when I first started having a little popularity, that's really how I made the majority of the money I made was on albums and DVDs. And you know, I think my first two records sold almost four million copies apiece. And, wow. 
And we live in an age where you, you know, every third person in the audience is sitting there with a camera recording you. And so whatever I'm talking about is on the Internet before I get back to the hotel. And so, you know, that ability to sell an album, it, it's kind of gone by the wayside, or even a, a, a DVD for that matter. And, you know, I mean, it's not right or wrong. It's just the world that we live in. My, my wife did say something interesting because she was reading somewhere about me that said I had sold more comedy records than anybody in history. And she said, you will probably always have that record because people don't buy comedy records anymore. And I said, well, I hadn't thought about that, but you're probably right. So I guess you're going to retire that one undefeated, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we've, just, we've just moved on to something else. But, you, you know, the thing that makes comedy such a... It, it's such an interesting art form in that. And I tell my musician friends, I said, if you write five hits, you play to your 90. Because people will come hear the other stuff as long as you play those five hits, those songs that they know. And I said, comedy is is the opposite, is if I do a, a special or if I do an album, once people have heard it or seen it, they want the new stuff. And so as a comedian, you're kind of constantly having to generate new material, which, I, you know, and I look back and I've done like nine albums and four TV specials and three blue-collar movies and 35 Tonight shows, and you're like, that is a lot of material, but... I, you know, I just always have kind of talked about my life, and, and people are still laughing at it, so that's a good thing. That's way too much work, but I guess if it was easy, everybody would be doing it, so all right, all right. Um, no, I call, it, I call it fear of heavy lifting. You know, it's, if, if I didn't do this, somebody might be telling me to put on a truss belt and put up the heavy stuff to move, so I'm very happy doing this. All right. Well, last question, uh, Jeff. What's, what's been your most memorable moment in the world of comedy? That's a trite question, but as I tell everyone, that's what I do. Can you select maybe one from many? Well, I mean, that's... Yeah, you know, probably I did... Uh, back this summer, I did the Jimmy Fallon show, and as I, and I was I called and I was doing the pre-interview for it, I mentioned to the producer there, I said, well, this is my fifth incarnation of The Tonight Show. And she said, what? And I said... Well, I did it with Johnny Carson, I did it with Leno, did it with Conan, did it back with Leno, and now I'm doing it with Jimmy. And so when I got to New York, she had gone in the archives at NBC, didn't even know there was such a thing, and had pulled out a picture of me sitting in the chair, talking to Johnny Carson, and, and he's got his head back just gut laughing. And she printed it out like an 8 by 10 and she said, thought you might like to have this. And, and I didn't, and it was like a treasure to me because when I was starting out, that was the only goal I had was to be on Johnny Carson, make Johnny Carson laugh. And, and I'm like, I said, this won't even mean anything to my kids. This is a treasure to me. So yeah, yeah, probably out of anything to get to do that. Yeah, uh, it, super. And, and you know, it's been, Lord, 25 years since then and we're still doing it. So yeah, life's good. Hey, uh, yeah, I'd say so. Hey, I really want to thank you for taking the time to check in with us. Yeah, and good luck with the, with the baby there. If you yeah. need any help, just give me a holler. I got your number. All right, Mr. Jeff <laughs> Foxworthy. If you have a complete set of salad bowls and they all say Cool Whip on the side, <laughs> you might be a redneck. 
there's still more fun and excitement in store in the second half of the Spud Goodman Radio Show right after this brief intermission. Spud Goodman, let me let me in tears. Spud Goodman, let me for drinking my beers. He takes the spatula and puts it in the pan. And why he done that, I just don't understand. He grabs some pencil to quick relief. His indigestion is beyond belief. Spot Goodman! Spot Goodman! Spot Goodman Show! This is one of radio's most famous musical productions. The program that brings you the music of a nation that loves to sing and whose songs reflect the beauty and romance inherent in its way of life. This is the Spud Goodman Show. All right, musical guest interview time. Please welcome tonight's musical guest, Tabasa, a.k.a. Tim Basaraba. <laughs> hey, uh, Tim, can I call you Tim? Sure, why not? Super. Now, you have a rep for creating really interesting original music that defines definition you know, at shows, at live shows. So, but you also do occasional covers of those that one would not expect. For instance, uh, Belle Biv DeVoe, Paula Abdul, and I believe you've done a couple Nirvana covers too. So do you have that much variety in your dietary habits? Do you eat pretty much everything imaginable too? Um, I used to, but now I just eat all types of vegetables. Vegetables? My wife has forced me to become a vegan. Uh, all right. <laughs> was that hardcore pressure? No, not really. Um, it was more of a challenge, and I said, okay, and now I think I'm better than her at it. Very good. All right. Well, um, do you have any childbearing skills? Because, you know, it's for, in terms of parenting, you know, because nothing, I mean, I'm not going to ask you for anything like heavy lifting, like, you know, how do you tell them about the facts of life or, I don't know, uh, you know, what kind of shampoo stings the eyes of a baby. I'm just talking about, like, do you double bag a kid after, a, you know, a couple of bottles of Gerber's applesauce because we just gave it to him? You so. know, the weird thing is kids love me, but I hate kids. You so hate kids, okay. I just, you know, I stay well, away from that. Keep him back. Uh, keep uh, him back. I've got him. I've got him here. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. not that I'm like Mr. Kid myself, but I am in charge of Donald, so that's good to know. Thank you for that warning. I appreciate no that. Problem. So what's the strangest thing a fan has ever done at one of your shows? Oh, seriously, keep him back. The strangest from thing a fan has ever done. Uh, probably got up on stage and sung with me, even though I didn't know they knew the words. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, all right. That's a good strange thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, I want to hear some music right now. Okay. And so uh, this is my show, so I guess I can do this. What's the name of the first song you're going to do? A song called Own It. All right, let's do it. All right. I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. Naked. We aren't even our own 
You need proof, just look at your phone and go whoops I bet you touch it more than you touch lives I bet you think you need it just to survive Hey, what's the latest app that'll obsess your mind? What's the next gen that you gotta get on time? If you get it first, you'll be alright But we aren't even, now. Nah, we aren't even our own We're just what we buy We kill, kill one of our own just to get high A social status, the song it meant to get you down So I'll give it to you gratis This one's a little finger pointing. We aren't even our own, just what we buy. And when you die, the pile of all your stuff for your funeral pyre. All the things you wanted and desired, the things that never pulled you out the muck of the mire. And as you burn with what you bought, no one's gonna give it a second thought. Cause they'll all feign stress and distraught while they make believe that you cared a lot. And as you transform into ash, all they're gonna do is ask, Hey, where's the cash? Oh, come on, oh, where's the cash? Uh. We aren't even our own, we're just what we buy We'd probably kill, kill one of our own just to get high A social status, the song it meant to get you down So I'll give it to you gratis Just click it, download it, and listen to the saddest truth That we aren't even our own We're just what we buy We aren't even our own we're just what we buy We aren't even our own We're just what we buy We aren't even our own We're just what we buy And we aren't even our own We're just what we buy And we aren't even our own We're just what we buy And we aren't even our own This is a Spy Goodman Show. This is a Spy Goodman Show. Hey, uh, Spud, your mother is on the line. Okay, put her through, and uh, I'll make this quick. Hey, now Donald's got a mic court in his oh, mouth. Look oh. at him over there. I, you got to keep your eye on him. I, I, I am keeping my eye on him, but geez, I, I just put him down for a second. That You know, this studio is not kid-proof. Uh, no, no, definitely it's not. So make sure he doesn't get near that mousetrap or the refrigerator. Right, right, look, right, yeah, it's got I, a hunk of angel food cake in I his bait. And Donald might find that enticing. Look, okay. he's looking at it. Okay, okay. I got him. I got him. And uh, here is your mom. Uh, am I on the air? Uh, yeah, Mom. Can you make this quick as I'm running behind here? You want to say you're running behind. This is the mother speaking here, and you are the son I almost died giving birth to, so you would think maybe a little time for me would not be such a burden. Right. Okay, Mom. I, I, I am taking the time right now to speak with you. Okay, what's up? Make well, it quick. Let's I go. I was listening to tonight's show, and I could have sworn I heard a baby. <laughs> With you in the studio. Yeah. But yeah. do you want to 
you something. Maybe something that you're a little uncomfortable sharing with your mother. I can assure you, I would be thrilled to learn that you are a daddy. No need to hide no, this. No, baby. I don't have a... M- M- Mrs. Goodman, uh, the baby you hear is actually... And, uh, and who is that I hear now? Well, Do you let the interns go on the air with you? No, I mean, Mom. I, you may want to consider another career. His voice seems more suited for calling bingo games or something. Oh. Very boring tone to his yeah, I'll, voice. I'll pass that I don't want to be a dream killer here. Mom, Mom, it's, Gerald, it's Gerald Holcomb. I, I've gone yeah. over this so many times with you. He's a temporary co-host on the show now. Uh, temporary permanent co-host, Mrs. Aye. Goodman. Aye. Whatever. So, the baby I hear, who is the father? I haven't met him, but his, his mom is my neighbor, Latasha. I'm just babysitting him as, he, you know, she got called into work again on her night off. This is the third time she's entrusted me to take care of him. And I must say, I'm getting pretty darn good at this. Um, you should see him with me now. He, he actually seems to like me. He's smiling at me right now. If yeah. you could see his face. He, you know, he does seem no, fond of I Spud, Mrs. I, Goodman. Yeah, but yeah. I'm... Uh, Though I, I, I got to tell you, right now. in my opinion, he's <laughs> bonded most closely with me because <laughs> no. as co-host, I'm in charge of watching him for Spud during most of the show. So Don't. we've spent more time Don't. together. Don't. No way he's closer to you anyway. You're delusional. Hey, Spud, now that you seem pretty confident about your talent don't you think it's time for you to settle down with one of those online women you're dating and start a family? At your age, I don't really care if the woman you pick is much too much to shout about. Yeah, okay. okay. A grandchild is spoiled. Boy, have I heard this. I, I, look, I, I, I'm not ready for that for sure, but I, I could ask Latasha, though. Check this out. If she would let me, you know, maybe take Donald to your place to visit, because he's a pretty neat kid. How about that? That would be nice. All right. But I ask you, when will you be ready? To settle down. My God, you'll be in a nursing home before you get honest. Uh, Grow a pair. <laughs> yeah, Mrs. Goodman, I have three children myself, and I, too, would support your son getting married and having a loving family around him. You know, it did wonders for my life. Was that that intern again? No, Mom, uh. I got to go now. I promise I will call you tomorrow night. Before your Kardashian show comes on on that E channel you love so much, okay. right? I will call. Okay, honey. Talk to you then. I love you. Yeah, I love you too, Mom. Bye. Bye. Goodbye, Mrs. Bye. Goodman. Hey, uh, hey. I just got word. Hey, Latasha just just called. I guess she oh. called the studio, and the intern said she has to work late tonight, and wanted to know if I could keep Donald <laughs> overnight. Oh. Uh, and she's gonna pick him up in the morning. Huh. But I don't want to say no to her. She doesn't have any family in the area. But I've never put a baby to bed before. Um, there's some kind of ritual, right? Like like proper moisturizing and oh. clipping toenails, that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, there there are some things that need to be done before a baby's ready to go to bed. My wife was in charge of that mostly, but sometimes I had to handle it. It can get a bit hairy sometimes, though. I, I won't lie to you. Yeah. So so here's what I was thinking. I was wondering yeah. if maybe you could uh, take Donald home with with you tonight, and and I could give Latasha your address so she could pick him up in the morning. You know, uh, I mean, I mean, you live with someone who gave birth to what three babies. So she must know something, right? Yeah, I, I don't think that's a good idea, Spud. Rachel's still suffering from that postpartum depression after the birth of our youngest, and having a baby around might not be the best thing. Around. Well, how, how old is your youngest? Oh, well, she's going to be six next week. Oh, I-
Are you sure about that diagnosis? That postpartum deal doesn't last six years. Well, yeah, I, can't I, I, I think her psychiatrist formally diagnosed it as Munchausen syndrome. Not that she ever put her own kids in danger, mind you, but she did do some inappropriate things to our son's pet really? hamster, Figgy. Uh, I had to explain to him what his mother did to Figgy, and boy, that was an off- awkward conversation. Spud, maybe you should reconsider and keep Donald with you. That Munchausen syndrome sounds scary, and you have no clue if Gerald's wife might decide to whip up a little baby stew. Yeah, maybe it's not the best idea to have Donald come over to your place. Yeah. Um, I, I think I can deal with it myself. I'm just, I'll just stop by the store and get another couple dozen diapers and you know some more Gerber's jars of fruit. I, I really wanted to try the banana pear flavor. And I, and I can get Donald, you know, maybe a couple more of those applesauce jars. He seems to like, he digs that stuff, I think. Yeah, yeah. Look you, at him. He looked pretty I, I, happy. He, he's, so hungry. He's doing good, but I'm sorry I couldn't help you out watching him tonight. But, you know, it's better to err on the side <laughs> of caution. Rachel hasn't actually killed any pets or anything, but I would never want a human to have to undergo what happened to Figgy if yeah. she was unsupervised around Donald. I hear know. that. So how about... Looking uh, out for him. I don't know. How about you checking uh, if our next guest is ready to go on the phone? Oh. And when, you know, while you're doing that, I'm going to give Donald here to one of the interns so he doesn't maybe I throw can't. up on me during the interview. The smell of baby puke makes me queasy and I may upchuck yeah. too during the conversation. That'd be a little embarrassing. So here, give him to either Carrie over there yeah. or Trent. Right, okay, and, right, and right, right. I'll here, him back when I'm Carrie, um, I have, can here, you take, take him, please? Him, thank, yeah, thank you very much. And I am... Oh, and as uh, but they are telling me your next guest, uh, Crispin Glover, is holding for you and ready to All go. All right, very cool. You know, this guy was hard to get a hold of. Uh, I know you've been a big fan of his for many years. What's your favorite movie that he's done? Well, you know, River's Edge was really good. You know, and- Spud, I Googled Crispin, and I was really only familiar with him from Back to the Future. I had no idea. He almost kicked David Letterman in the face when he was on yeah. the show many years ago. Uh, I think it was 1987. Right. You know, it's a good thing that this is a radio interview. You know, I huh? saw that show, and he was only fooling around with Dave. I mean, I don't know. Showing, you know, he showed a martial arts move to him, and if I remember right, I don't. There's no way he was going to go all MMA on him right on a you know on a network talk show. No way. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. It looked to me like Crispin just missed him with a sweeping kick to the head. You know, he's a passionate actor, very much in the moment. Yeah, I know. Well, I think Crispin Glover is highly misunderstood by some. Yeah. He's an artist, and he has his own way of doing things. So just please put him on. Right, here he is. All right, please say hello to actor, writer, recording artist, and director Crispin Glover. Thanks for checking in with us tonight. Yes, hello. Glad to be here. Yeah, super. Well, you're in the Seattle area to present a 10th anniversary screening of your 2005 film, What Is It? The festivities begin with your live performance of Crispin Hellion Glover's Big Slideshow Part 1, followed by the screening of the film, a Q&A, and lastly, a book signing. Jeez, that is the full Crispin Glover experience. You're going to be exhausted at the end of the night, man. Well, uh, it is a long show. Uh, of course, there are two different shows. Ultimately, there's a uh, part two as well called It Is Fine, Everything Is Fine, uh, at, which is uh, preceded by Crispin Hellion Glover's Big Slideshow Part Two. People can find out more information as to where I am with each of these shows on CrispinGlover.com. All right, super. Well, let's let's begin with your upcoming film you have written and directed and co-star with your father, Bruce Glover. And that must have been kind of special for you both. He's been in many films himself, such as, such as like Chinatown and Diamonds Are Forever. How was it working with him? Was it weird directing your dad? Well, 
Um, it's the second time I've directed my father. He, he's in the uh, film, it is, my, my film, It Is Fine, Everything Is Fine. Uh, but it's the first time he and I have ever acted together before, which is a, 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 an interesting thing. Uh, and it, 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 it is different than, than simply d- directing him. It's funny that I directed him before I acted with him. Uh, but uh, I am very excited about that film. Uh, we completed principal photography in spring, and I'm currently editing the film right now. Um, so you've been very active in, in filmmaking that is outside the standard multiplex world, but you've also done some well-received work in major studio films, too. This is going to be a Back to the Future Free Zone interview, not going to go there, but you've also been in some great mainstream films such as Alice in Wonderland, The People vs. Larry Flint, Wild at Heart, and At Close Range, among others. Besides the quality of craft services, what's the main difference between the small indie films and the major productions that you've been involved with? Well... You know, a lot of what my, the film that I'll be showing uh, tonight at the Seattle Film Forum, what is it, is a, is a strong reaction to the, uh, most of the actors in the film have Down syndrome, but the film is not about Down syndrome at all. What it really is, is my psychological reaction to the corporate constraints that have happened in the last 30 or more years of filmmaking, where in anything that can possibly make an audience member uncomfortable is necessarily excised. Right. or that film will not be corporately funded or distributed. Right. This is a very damaging thing because it's that moment when an audience member sits back in their chair, looks up at the screen, thinks to themselves, is this right what I'm watching? Is this wrong what I'm watching? Should I be here? Should the filmmaker have done this? What is it? And that's the title of the film. Right. For, for our listeners, um, I want to make this uh, clear. The, the only way they're able to see your work is in a live performance on the screenings, correct? It's not a, nothing, like, nothing is available right. on DVD or in, at this point, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, so the live show, it was something I, I realized a long time ago as I very first started touring with it, that this would be something that I would be able to utilize to self-distribute my own films because I was getting good... Uh, audiences for for the, the the live show and that's that is how I've uh, done it and I, I knew uh, I knew something about uh, vaudeville and that uh, a lot of uh, vaudeville performers uh, at, at the early points in time when film came into being ruined their careers as vaudeville performers because it can take a, a long time to develop an act uh, for vaudeville performers, and and once they committed it to film, they could no longer perform that because it became ubiquitous overnight. And particularly in the early times of film, we, we, the copyright on their performance perhaps was not as protected as it would be at this point in time, and they did not receive uh, r- 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 money for it. So they they could no longer perform their act. Right. Uh, and it was very difficult. I realized this. I, I had known something about vaudeville performance, and I recognized that what I was doing was essentially uh, reminiscent uh, of how vaudeville worked—live performance and getting paid by the, essentially by the, 
the customers that are coming into the, the theater as opposed, as opposed to a corporation. Spud, Crispin's manner of showing his the, films uh, are a genius move. Uh, you, you know, I think you yourself were born in the wrong era, because it seems to me, if you were around in the times of vaudeville, you might have been a huge star. Yeah, yeah, but in, in those days, they didn't have hecklers, man. And if they didn't like you, they'd throw tomatoes and eggs at you on stage. Right. And if they really hated you, you might get lynched or something. Right, right. But I, I think your career had a better chance to succeed back then, as they didn't have social media. Yeah. And so when you traveled from town to town, people wouldn't have already been buried with posts on Facebook complaining about how annoying you were. Hey. Yeah, you know, it would really help me out right now if all social media went down, like, say, the power does after a big storm. Not forever, though, as, as I do enjoy checking, you know, my ex-wife's Facebook pages from right. time to time. Okay. What a convenient way to be a sort of stalker, but, you know, because I could never be a real one, is that would, like, take way too much energy and time, and, you know, you know how that is. But, hey, I got to get back to Crispin now anyway. Now you've got me all distracted. He's a very interesting guy. Right. Say, do you want to ask Crispin if he has any tips on keeping little Donald here pacified? Well. Uh, maybe, maybe he has some experience with babies. I think I'm going to pass on hitting him up on that subject if you don't mind. So just keep it down as I have to finish this thing up. Oh, oh okay. Hey, my apologies, Crispin. Sorry about that interruption. Oh, yeah. I, I have as much time as uh, necessary. All right. Now, where was I? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, you stated your favorite advice book is Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. Has it helped you in the entertainment industry? Because those studio suits are tough to win over. And if they do become friends, you'd actually have to hang out with them occasionally, which could be annoying. So do you ever put it into practice? Or? <laughs> well, I wouldn't. I, I don't know about that, that book being... Uh, my only uh, point of, of, of reference, I, I do think he, he said some val very valuable uh, things. One thing in particular for me that he pointed out was not proving people wrong, uh, which I think early in my career, there were times when I had done that. And, uh, and that's not good because people hate you forever <laughs> once you've done that. And uh, I have a very specific situation which is ongoing now where there's a producer writer on back to the future who was proved wrong in a legal situation he did something illegal right uh, by, by utilizing my face uh, with the original uh, molds of uh, of uh, that were taken of my face to make the old age makeup uh, for uh, the first back to the future which I had a contract to be involved in. Uh, but I did not have a contract uh, to be involved in the second film, and so they stole my likeness to uh, put prosthetics onto another uh, actor in order to make, fool audiences into believing that I was in the second film. That is because so of my lawsuit. I just can't believe they did that. Be, because of my lawsuit, there are rules in the Screen Actors Guild that make it so that uh, producers can never do anything like this again. Yes. But this person, going to the point of what Dale Carnegie was illustrating, this producer, Bob Gale, was proven wrong publicly. And now he's on a, a rampage. Every five years, he comes up with a new lie, uh, exaggerating uh, things or influencing things uh, on his... Uh, well, he, he's exaggerating things to to make it uh, that I deserved to to be stolen from. That he he had the right to go above the law because I I was some kind of awful person 
you know, it's, and what it has to do with is that he was proven wrong. And now he hates me forevermore. And he just, he feels he needs to go on whatever bent, whatever lie he needs to tell that he has the right to do this. And I've, five years ago, it went over the line when he lied about uh, saying that I demanded the same salary as Michael J. Fox. There's no truth to it whatsoever, and it's as false as the prosthetics that were put on the actor's face to make him up to look like me. And in reading about it, it has to be one of the more egregious acts against any uh, actor in the history of film because, I mean, you just yeah. don't steal somebody's presence. All right, well, on something maybe on a little lighter note, I'm not going to hit you up with yeah. about what may or may not have happened on David Letterman's show, you know, many years ago, specifically the incident. But yeah. can, I, can I ask if you miss Dave now, now that he's off the air? Because I, I love Colbert, but I kind of miss Dave a lot myself. Well, I, you know, I, I don't watch a lot of television, um, uh, but uh, I, I would, I, you know, he actually, even though, well, <laughs> first off, the way I always talk uh, about it in media, and it is something that I'll probably describe a bit more I- in the book, but um, it, as far as the, Dave, as the David Letterman show is concerned, the way I speak about it in media is that I neither confirm nor deny uh, that I was on the David Letterman show. All right, that's uh, record. So, but uh, as far as my opinion of David Letterman... Um, uh, I've, I've, I've definitely found him to be entertaining. Absolutely, he was. Yeah, I mean, he he's influenced so many. I, uh, but yeah, I was just I, I just wondered if you had any personal feelings because uh, I mean, you're kind of in in the uh, the historic legendary uh, in, in some chapter uh, on the Letterman Show. So from your from the one appearance, was that your only appearance? If you ever did, well, like, work, I, it, 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 like I say in, in in media, I always neither confirm nor deny. That I was on the David Letterman right. show, we'll, we'll, but... go, we'll go with that. <laughs> okay, uh, regarding your c- recording career, you released your first album on Restless Records in 1989. The the big problem does not equal the solution. The solution equals let it be. It had some cool covers like these boots are made for walking and the Charles Manson tune. I'll never say never to always. Any truth to, truth to the rumor that you're going to be releasing a new one anytime soon? There was another uh, recording that I did with one of the two producers on that, and it was actually done not. A lot of it was done not too long after that initial recording uh, was uh, completed. Uh, I completed that. I, that album came out, I believe, in 88 or 89. And then I right. think we started recording it in 87. So that's a very old album. And I'm proud of it still. Uh, and uh, there is another series of recordings. And there's a very small amount of work that's needed to be done. Really, it was completed in the 90s. <laughs> it's quite, quite old. Uh, I've just been very involved in my own filmmaking and other things. Uh, the, the producer and I um, uh, that we co-produced this uh, have been in recent discussion, uh, and I, both of us want to get it out. It's just, uh, we've just got to get... I, I, there was a long time where he had concern about something, and, uh, and now I've just been very busy, uh, so we're... Uh, well, maybe we're in it, it might come out. We've got to get it out. All right. it, it is something I want to get out. Yeah. All right. Super. All right. Then I would like to express my gratitude uh, to you for taking the time to call in and speak with us tonight, as I've been a big fan of yours over the years. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Well, there you have it. The man, the myth, Mr. Crispin Glover.
Once again, Tabasa. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Ghost, holy ghost. Holy ghost, holy ghost, holy ghost, holy ghost, a holy ghost, holy ghost.
You know, Donald here has only gone through like six diapers during this show. That's not bad considering no. he's a pooping, pooping machine. It's been a lot easier than the last time he was here, and I had to order him to hold it until we ran out. You know, we ran out of diapers like ten minutes into the show. Well, you know, bringing one extra diaper was never going to cut know, it, Spud. I know, you I know, know. Sure, bad call. Using those plastic bags from Walgreens worked in a pinch, but it had to be uncomfortable for him. You know, like real diapers handle leakage a hell of a lot better. <laughs> so anyway, wish me luck. You know, watching him overnight. Uh, oh. I don't plan on sleeping until I give him back to her in the morning as I've read a lot of stuff can happen to babies during the night like sleepwalking and stuff so I'm not going to take any chances. Well, just make sure you don't put on any of those Evil Dead movies on the DVD that you watch all the time. They could cause them to have nightmares. No, no way. Maybe Evil Dead too, but yeah. that's about it. No way Army of Darkness or even the first one was going to... They would they would bother him. Donald's no wuss. He can handle anything Sam Raimi can dish out. Hmm. But you know, I'm probably just going to put a CD on at low volume to help him get to sleep. You know, maybe One Direction's new one is I found a copy, you know, near the dumpster outside my apartment building. I stuck it in my Walk in and listen to it for a bit, and yeah. it's kind of soothing, like dripping water from a faucet. You know, I nodded off after a couple songs. Spud making Donald listen to One Direction is so wrong. <laughs> yes, even worse than letting him play beer pong or reading to him from that book, Fear of Flying by Erica Zhang. Well, but just don't put it too loud for him because, you know, baby's ears are really sensitive. Don't worry about the kid. He'll be fine. You know, it, it's going to give us some bonding time. So, you know, I am I'm, I'm his god uncle. Latasha said I am oh. number three in the line of succession should anything happen to her or number one or two on the list. You mean you would have full-time custody of him if, God yep. forbid, Latasha and the number one That's and right. the number two choices pass away? Oh, boy. I, I don't know about that. But you as a full-time parent? Oh, geez, what, what? You don't I, think I can handle it? I mean, well, have you seen some of the people... Who are parents these days? Yes. A stuffed animal could do a better job than some of the parents I see at the mall. Anyway, I gotta close the show. We're running late here. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Copyright 2015, Spud Goodman Productions. Stay tuned for an eclectic mix of music. Stay tuned for captivating talk. Stay tuned for insightful analysis of The Spud Goodman Show. Stay tuned for The Spud Goodman Post-Show Report. Here is your host, Lawrence. Hello, 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 everybody. My name is Lawrence, and this is the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. And, of course, this is going to be an interesting and excellent show for everybody. But, you know, I want to get rolling into it. But first, I got to, of course, announce uh, my co-host here, Gina, as we're going to get going here. Hey, hey Gina, how are you Hi, doing Hi, Lawrence. I have to say I'm really glad Spud just left the studio with that baby he was watching for a friend. I mean, yeah. nothing against babies, but this studio is the one baby-free space I have available to me in my life right now. And you have no idea how much I value the very few hours here each week because without it I would probably be institutionalized by now. Oh, super. Yeah. You know, I, I read all those baby books um, 
when I learned I was expecting, but but nothing really prepares you for being a parent. Oh, no, yeah, I believe that. Well, I wouldn't know really myself personally because, you know, all I have in my life is that pet rat, Benjamin, you know. And I got to tell you the truth about Benjamin. He, he might be a little bit more of a feral rat than a pet rat. I got to be honest. I, I sort of caught him in a trap, and I kind of decided I was going to give him a little clemency, okay. all right. so to Super. speak. But, you know, we kind of bonded a little bit, but... At times, he acts just like a cat. He just have nothing to do with me. You know, I, he kind of hurt my feelings on more than one occasion, rejecting my overtures for friendship and all. Yeah, I know it's sad. It's sad. But, and just when I think we're, we're getting tight, he turns his back. He rejects me again when I reach out to him. Well, I, I don't have much experience with rats, Lawrence, but maybe you should be careful what you wish for. Uh, having something t- that relies on you for 24 hours a day, seven days a week, it can be just overwhelming at times. Mm. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I'm pretty sure I enjoy being a mommy, but my days of just hanging out all day watching Netflix are so over. Yeah, yeah, that does not sound appealing to me, I tell you, because I need my Netflix time to be really, truly happen. Binge watching, that is not a second favorite um, thing for me to do in my life. Hey, uh, yeah. hello. Hello. Hi, guys. Hello. Super. Sitting right here waiting to be introduced. Oh. You know, it's becoming quite clear to me that I am now being marginalized due to my political beliefs here on the show. We're good. You guys need to remember that I was asked by executive producer of this show to be the conservative voice here. I mean, I would have been okay with keeping my politics to myself, but now I'm supposed to be a big part of the show and you are purposely ignoring me. Look, that is not super. Not, not any super. more than we've already done in the past. I, you know, hey, look, I got the feels number like that more. said that your viewpoint was to be included on the show, but it did not specify how much of your viewpoint had to be included, I'm saying. So I, I think uh, you've had sufficient uh, time. What? What, do you, what do you think, Regina? Well, yeah. well, first of all, I think we we're marginalizing you before the political beliefs, but yeah. I was thinking you might want to cut it back just a bit as you know, too much. Derek could really upset the chemistry. Too of much? The show. I mean, I've hardly been able to get a word in here. I mean, can I at least say something we about the... introduce our panel here <sighs> right about now? We got Dave on the side. Hey, Dave, how you doing? Good evening, Lawrence. Good evening, Dave. It's good to have you. And our engineer, Mike, it's good to have you, too. How are you doing? Awesome to be here, as always. Thanks. Uh, we appreciate you. We also appreciate our production assistants, Trent and Carrie, in the house here. How are you Hi. all doing? Hi, how's it going? It's going all right. How are you doing? <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, I get it. You have, right, to, you have to introduce the other people in the show. But now, you know I, I would what? really like... to get started on the music here? We're going to lead off with the truly legendary Julie, Judy Garland, with her classic, of course, Somewhere Over the Rainbow. And then we have The Clash with Clash City Rockers. But right now we're going to start off with Judy. Yeah. 
So hey, we still got a musical guest here in the house here, Tim Basaraba or T Basa? Yeah, either or. Either or? Okay, well, I like that. The versatile man. There, yes, you know. as you see, I had a reverb and then now I don't. Yeah, see, you know how to switch things Just up. Mixing it you up. Know. Yeah, now you sound, you sound closer to us now. I am, I am closer to you. I know yeah, you more now. I can feel that. And you know, I want to ask you this because you know, I like to see if I have any common ground i, I kind of doubt it for you but you ever done any lockup you ever done any time uh just uh one night after uh, a terrible night in bellingham i had to scrape a uh, roundup grounds uh grandstands for 20, super 20 hours. super so that was oh cool. you so had kind of lock up yeah yeah. yeah it's still time no matter how it is it. That, that's the way I, I tell it yeah yeah that's real it's real man so, you know, uh, after we heard you on uh, Spud's show the first hour, I was kind of trying to find a label for your sound and mm-hmm. try to kind of put it in a category. But I'm going to let you do that. How would you describe your sound? Oh, man. Uh, garage pop, hip hop, songwriter, hubris explosion. Oh, I like the hubris explosion because nobody else claims that. So that's all you. Yeah, that's right. Super. Like um so now, 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 I can call you Tim, or I can call yeah, you T. Tim, Tim, or, T. All right. So uh, now, have you ever been rolfed? Because I got to tell you about rolfing. You know, it's this therapeutic kind of psychiatric massage treatment that they did back in the 70s and all. And, you know, I'm old school. So I was looking around everywhere where I could find somebody in the area who could do a little bit of rolfing for me. Yeah, I got to swear by it. So so you done anybody that rolfing? Is that something that you, you No, you I did? mean, you know, I need a little bit more on the particulars of it, but it sounds interesting. 
Oh, he's very interesting. I thought that was slang for throwing up. Super? Well, it could be, but if they're doing it right, you will not throw up. Huh. Super. Uh, so now you're going to play one more song for us tonight. What's the, what's the name of the last song you're going to This be song is called here? Sharon Grits. Sharon Grits? Yeah. All right. That sounds good. I share regrets A malfunctioning at the hips Got your own soul Why don't you leave mine alone And you You're on the same old trips You're malfunctioning Wear your same old face I smile Sure took me a while And you You're working all the time I won't be gone Till I die You say what you say If you like it And it makes you feel better He's not No, he's not so holy I found Much better My quality's Not your Your sufferings So don't come after Some things that won't last That won't even matter I I wish you lots of luck Never know what's right to do, I'm always fucking up These days of our life Never ending shit, why even try? In May, I'm feeling so damn high I think I have reached my boiling point Cause I, I share regret Malfunctioning at the heavens And I, I share regret Malfunctioning at the hips At the hips At the hips At the hips 
at the head. This is the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. All right, all right. You know, I really, really, really... Super. Really don't appreciate my mic being cut off before I have a chance to ask a couple questions to our musical guest. Yeah, I saw you trying to cut in and do that, and I was relieved by Davis and, and Mike are quick on the switch. I was wondering what you were waving your hands over there to them that, for. Well, they got the message, and <sighs> I hope you got the messages now. The, the, you, I need you're to trying to persistent. step into some, some crazy bounds here trying to ask the musical guest some questions. Anyway, so Super. I'm going to jump into our first clip here. Hopefully you don't shut off my mic during this. Here you go. Our first clip comes from uh, Jeff Foxworthy talking about how he chooses to live his ministry rather than attend a traditional church building. Well, on a more serious note, in doing a little research about you and your life, I found uh, your take on organized religion to be quite refreshing. You choose to kind of pass on the attending formal service services thing and instead uh, lead outreach efforts with the homeless and victims of substance abuse over the years. That that approach may not be real good for the mega churches out there, but it's obviously more in line with the basic teachings of your faith, so hopefully more will follow your example. Yeah, you, you know, I mean, I just... That's my editorial I, statement. I, I kind of butted heads with organized religion, but, but you know, I mean, it's like my faith is like, you, you know, you just need to love on people. You don't need to tell people what to do. You just so, I mean, for the last seven or eight years, I get up at 5 o'clock on Tuesday mornings, and I go do a Bible study with homeless guys in downtown Atlanta, and it's it's my it's my favorite church I've ever been to. I was telling them that Tuesday. I'm like... You guys are so much more authentic and, and cooler than than people on Sunday mornings pretending like they got it all going on. And you know, it's and it's probably like most of us is you know most people that end up on the street. It's it's because of some trauma that happened to them early in life, and they end up in addiction. And when you're in addiction, you can't work, and right. you know then you don't have a place to live. And so it's you know just trying to get to the root of some of those things that get people off the tracks and. Uh, you know, they'll look at you and tell you the truth. They'll look at you and go, hey, I, I wiped out my grandmother's life savings to smoke crack. And you're like, okay, well, we can deal with that. Let's talk about it. And So, yeah, I mean, it's faith that you don't live out is, is not much of anything. So, And, it's you know, it's one of those things, if you just love on people, people on the outside are like, well, I don't know what that is, but that's kind of appealing as, as opposed to, somebody just judging me on what I'm doing right and what I'm wrong. And so, yeah, that's how I choose to live. And you don't televise it, and you don't ask for donations. That's, that's hey, what a concept. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, and I don't take a... You know, uh... You know, he was talking about the addiction and stuff like that, and it just made me think of an idea. Gina, yeah? Tell me what you think of this. Okay. Maybe we need to do an intervention for Derek over here. Like, oh, kind of yeah. to set him straight because you hey. know now he's gone over to the the, the dark side. Yeah. Hey, I don't have a problem. That's oh, that's a problem. This is a big problem. Hey, I could stop talking whenever I want to. All right, super. It doesn't seem so. We have to cut off the mics. We have to get the engineers to cut step in there. That's because I'm being marginalized. Well, I don't know. Maybe there needs to be some kind of thin margin for you to keep that that worldview you got going. There, it's kind of scary to me. I don't appreciate Intervention. that. Intervention. Uh, yep. Yeah, yep. We need to do it. 
I refuse. I think the next show. No. Yeah, let's do it. We're going to put it in the staff Super. meeting here. But let's talk about it while we do some music here. Uh, we're going to lead off with the rockabilly recording artist Barbara Pittman with her hit, I Need a Man. And following that, we have Big Daddy Kane with his own hit from way back, Set It Off. All right, hit play. Love, I need a man, I need a man, I need a man to hug. I need a man to love me. I need a man to hug me. Well, I need someone I can tell my troubles to. I call me up and a Persian cap, and I can't be satisfied. Can't 
understand the mics I rip. They sure enough ain't equipped, that's why they got flipped. But my apparatus is up to status. Don't ask who's the baddest. Of course, that is the make or break or take them. I rhyme take the head, put it to bed. So watch what's said. Say the bass for the pipe and rearrange the tone. I'll take a loss and be forced in the danger zone. Cause I can kill and kill at will. Teaching a skill that's real, you know, thrill. So just stand still and chill as I feel. Science I drill until my rhymes fill. Your head up. Don't even get up. The teacher is teaching. So just shut up. For more of the Spud Goodman Post Show Report.
Welcome back to the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. Super. Uh, hey, Lawrence, I believe yeah. we have a call holding. I guess it's Spud's Uncle Steve. You know, the guy that always carries around the that ventriloquist dummy with him. You mean the guy who is not a ventriloquist, but still has that dummy with him all the time. Yep, that's him. Mm. Uh, so do you want to talk to him? Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I've I seen him in here at the studio once. He was in here. He was way creepier than anything on that American Horror Story show. You know, the one on FX there. Yeah. Ah, what the heck. Go ahead. Put him on. Are we on the air? Hey, hey, Jerry, don't breathe into the phone so heavily, okay? Okay, wait a minute. Am I speaking to Spud's uncle or that dummy? The dummy. Oh, you got both of us. Jerry is upstairs in his bedroom on another extension. Uh We kept our landline so we can have conference calls. He often prefers his own line instead of hanging out with me when, you know, when we call someone. Uh, do you know that the dummy is probably on his lap? Yeah. I mean, there's no way he has his own bedroom and an extension phone. I mean, you can play along with this if you want to, I guess. You know, Jerry and I just heard that. I mean, why would we lie? Tell him yourself, Jerry. Listen, I don't care what you believe. I am calling in to see why, why that whiny little baby, see if he's still in the studio with Spud. He has the gall to tell me I have to stay away as I am too disruptive. But he lets a baby in that place while he is live on the air. Is that a double standard or what? Now, Jerry, don't get all defensive. After the last time you and I went to Spud's studio, things did get a little out of hand. You have to respect the rules there. Like, no tossing water balloons around. No smoking. And what really got you into trouble was absolutely no profanity. Now that Spud is on a terrestrial station, that's a no-no. Hey, look, look, is there anything I can do for you? Because, you know, I need to move on here. i got to play some more music here. Yeah, uh, take care of yourself, but we really have to go now. Hey, wh- who's that chick again? Now, Jerry, don't be disrespectful. Her name is Gina, and she is a nice lady. Oh, yeah, she's the fan of the insane clown posse. All right, then. I'm sorry. No disrespect meant, Gina. I'm with you. The posse rules. I told Jerry I would not call in and let him complain about that baby being allowed in the studio, but he wouldn't leave it alone, so I gave in. I'm sorry. He's had a chance to voice his opinion, so hopefully this will quiet him down. Well, just tell the little fella that we have nothing to do with who's allowed to come to the studio or not. Spud and the baby, they left a while ago, but... I'll tell you what, I'll pass on your feelings to him, all right? There, you see, Jerry, your grievance will be passed on to Spud. So are you satisfied? Hell no! But I'm hanging up now. I got a text from the kid up the street. He wants me to come over to play Dungeons and Dragons again. Later, uh, Jerry, it's pretty late. Can you check with his parents? Jerry? Jerry, are you still on the line? Oh, I guess he did hang up. Well, i got to go myself. I don't feel comfortable having Jerry visiting his friends this late. Bye. Uh, very weird, right? Yeah. If you think Super. Boy, I tell you, I feel like we got to get back to some music here. Let's, uh, let's begin with Adamant, friend or foe. Then how about a musician from Melbourne, Australia? We're talking Hamish Anderson and his song, Burn. And you know what? That won the 2015 Independent Music Award for Best Blues Song. But we're going to start with Adam Ant. 
just not there actually finished out with Hamish Anderson. That was the name of the last the artist that we had on there. So I want to make that clear for everybody. Awesome. So can I can I go now? I think we can let you go on this one. Yeah. Super. All right. Yeah. All right. So our next clip comes from uh, the Crispin Glover interview in which he talks about a little tiff that he had with a certain late night talk show host. Right. All right, well, on something maybe on a little lighter note, I'm not going to hit you up with yeah. about what may or may not have happened on David Letterman's show, you know, many years ago, specifically the incident. But yeah. can, I, can I ask if you miss Dave now, now that he's off the air? Because I, I love Colbert, but I kind of miss Dave a lot myself. Well, I, you know, I, I don't watch a lot of television, um, uh, but uh, I, I would, I, you know, he actually, even though, well, <laughs> first off, the way I always talk uh, about it in media, and it is something that I'll probably describe a bit more I- in the book, but um, it, as far as the, Dave, as the David Letterman show is concerned, the way I speak about it in media is that I neither confirm nor deny uh, that I was on the David Letterman show. All right, that's uh, the record. So, but uh, as far as my opinion of David Letterman, um, uh, I've, I've, I've definitely found him to be entertaining. Absolutely, he's yeah. I mean, he he's influenced so many. I, I but yeah, I was just I, I just wondered if you had any personal feelings because uh, I mean, you're kind of in in the uh, the historic legendary uh, in, in some chapter uh, on the Letterman Show. So from your from the <laughs> one appearance, was that your only appearance? If you ever did, well, like, work, I, it, 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 like I say in 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 media, I always neither confirm nor deny. That I was on the David Letterman right, show, we'll, but we'll go, we'll go with that. <laughs> All right, we'll go with okay. that. Um, so you were, but there, there will. Wow, did you did you like hear the way he was dancing around that question? Just, yeah, that was yeah. like that was like real politician level. Like, Would you vote for him if he ran for office? That's the. Question. I don't know. Is he? I couldn't really pick up on whether he was right or left. Yeah. If he was a liberal, there's no way I couldn't. 
I can't do it. Right. I I would say that you, you probably couldn't do worse than the people that you are currently wanting to vote for. So. Well, hey, come on. I mean, you guys you guys talk about this, but have you guys like really gone to Trump's website lately and like read up? Like he updated his list of things that he wants to get done in Super. in the in the presidency, like you're you why, guys, why you guys don't look do like you read I it. couldn't be I couldn't go to sleep if I read that. It would keep me awake and weird nightmares and all sorts of crazy stuff. It's a really Trump. good read. You gotta give it a shot. Man, that, that's just crazy. You just buy a presidency, just rich man like that with the gold castles and towers and Ooh, I want a gold castle. Yeah, well well you vote for Trump, he might give everybody. Well, that's the great thing about it oh, though. Okay. Unless, yeah, unless you're an immigrant works. or something like that. That's what I think how it works. Super um yeah. You know what? I tell you what, this could get a little ugly, so I think we're gonna do a little bit more music to kind of keep the temperature down. So you know what? Let, let's let's kick off into one of uh, Spud's favorite bands in the world. We're talking the Sonics, and this is a live cut of The Witch. Not not okay. Don't get me wrong. I dig the Sonics too and stuff like that. But if they weren't one of Spud's favorite bands in the world, we wouldn't be playing them right now because he's kind of a control freak, you know. So we gotta play some Sonics here, and after the Sonics. We have a band from Montevideo, Uruguay. That's Ferigrana and Los Prolijos. And their tune, Cosa Mas Linda. But first up, we're going to do the Sonics. Enjoy. Oh, my God. 
mayor esfuerzo por no lagrimear. Desde cada baldosa de aquel bar y cada bache del barrio la figurita, se respira la historia que mientras no se repita, trataré de recordarla como si hoy fuera el preciso día en que lo conocí. Entra al bar un tipo, patea la puerta, da vuelta a una silla, se sienta y pide la chela más fría, aquella que está con la carcha del fondo. Cosa más linda, difícil que haya en el barrio. La, 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 la. Cosa más linda, botijas es un plato. Toda una vida criado en la vereda, papando moscas, haciendo macanas a diestra y siniestra, el placer de embromar a la gente de bien. Cosa más linda, difícil que haya en el barrio. Sos un plato Llega viejo riendo de la muerte Que le sonríe ¡Qué papá la vida! Decía su tía y estaba bien mal de la sandía ¿A quién le importa Lo que haya dicho esa vieja arpía? Querido vago Que te quiten lo bailado The Spud Goodman Post Show Report. All right, all right, all right. So it's becoming pretty clear to me that if I don't cut in here, I'll be totally ignored. So I would like to comment on what I saw at the recent Democratic Party debates. Oh, I mean, my God, what a contrast to the substance and gravitas so the- everyone has seen at all the Republican gravitas? debates so far. Really? I mean, I it's, it's absolutely stunning, the contrast. I watched Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders, and the other guy, I mean, who was babbling on about stuff what, what was his name again Martin yeah, That's Martin he Normale. was the governor yeah, of that, maryland whatever yeah. that guy yeah so i did watch the whole yep. debate and i never ever heard one of the three political candidates uh from the democratic party even mention about building a wall around our borders i mean how serious well, are these people that want to be commander-in-chief yeah well i'm telling you they don't want to they don't believe that building a wall around the southwest border of the country is that smart of an idea you know, you know that there's such a thing as a ladder, right? All well, right, no, we're, super. No, we're not talking about your standard run-of-the-mill wall. I mean, this isn't your grandpa's wall. We're talking about an electric wall, guys. I mean, I heard Trump wants to build a moat on both sides, too, oh, with man. maybe some alligators and piranhas in it. I mean, it'll be a clear sign to everybody in the world to keep out. The drop no vacancy. Oh, really? Super. Yeah, come on, man. Moats, that, that's so, like, medieval, retro kind of thing, don't you well, think? Retro's in nowadays. No, though. no. The, the anti-immigrant people, you know, can't they come up with something like today, modern? I mean, it's only a temporary method. I mean, I read on Facebook that in the near future, if a Republican is finally back in the White House, our country will be paying the Mexican government to put shock collars on all of their citizens. I, don't think so. I mean, I heard, I heard they'll be very small and still quite fashionable, actually. Super, I mean, maybe super. Maybe something with a faux turquoise look. 
I mean, all we would need then is a complete electrical signal around put around all corners of this country, and our borders would be totally secure. Turquoise is uh, Even along the Canadian border? Why not? I mean, sure, we'd lose some shoppers and stand-up comedians, but small price to pay to get rid of, like, Bieber. Look, let me tell you something. I, I don't think, think people... Super. I don't think people from, from any other country are going to be buying the, the end of that shock collar thing, especially turquoise or 70s colors and stuff. It doesn't matter, you know, the, the fashions are just, no. I mean, it. it's all about marketing and bringing in the right people. I mean, there, there's people working on this as I speak. I hope not. You know what? I, let's get to some music. Come on with this nonsense here. We're going to do a mashup with Le Tigre versus Missy Elliott. This one's called... Deceptifreakon. See, see what they did there? And we have a musician uh-huh. from Glasgow, Scotland, David Cari, and his song, Devil's Left Hand. But first, we're going to start with Le Tigre versus Missy Elliott. He took the bomb. <laughs> Y'all can stop me now, listen to me now I'm lasting 
Gone. See you later. Last night I met an old friend, shook him by the hand. Something strange was happening, cause he gave me his left hand. But when I shook his hand, it didn't feel so good. But on his little finger, a broken bottle stood. With the devil's left hand, reached across the sticks. I drank all this whiskey and learned some of his tricks. To the hallway, dark and dingy place. Then he turned toward me, I didn't recognize his face. The devil's left hand reached across the sticks. I drank all his whiskey and learned some of his tricks. When the lift door opened, it was way below the ground. A dark and dingy bar room, I didn't hear a sound. The devil's left hand. Reached across the sticks I drank all his whiskey And learned some of his tricks Suddenly there's a crowd Getting out control I whipped his ass and told him You'll never win my soul With the devil's left hand Reached across the sticks I drank all his whiskey And learned some of his tricks With the devil's left hand Reached across the sticks I whipped his ass and told him You'll never win my soul You're listening to the Spud Goodman Post Show well, Report, and we are almost out of time. Fact, fair and balanced. We join I our outro in progress. I can only guess how many thousands of new listeners we will be attracting now that we are committed to providing both sides of the issue. You know, I, I'm really not interested in providing both sides or the pros of some of the crap that's put out there by the white right wing these days. I mean, it's really disgusting. More disgusting than free college for all? Are you kidding me with that communist oh, garbage Jesus I heard at the last Democratic Party debate? Yeah, more disgusting. Disgusting than that. Look, look, we need to we need to table this. There's we no, gotta we gotta hold off on this discussion. Yeah, we really need to next, wrap this thing here. Meeting. We gotta let everybody say goodnight here. We got Dave here on the soundboard. A pleasure as always. Uh, we appreciate it. Mike, we appreciate your engineer. Oh, thanks. Always a blast. All right. And of course our assistant production assistants, Trent and Carrie, you gotta give us a word here. I bought a pizza and it was really good. Oh, nice, man. I didn't get a taste of that. It was good. All right. Amazing. She's not gonna get hmm. Boy, Jesus. I brought a beer and it was pretty good. Look at these guys holding out on us while we're on the mics. All right, super. All right, well, you know, until next time, we'll be seeing you all on the other side. Good night. Derek out. The Spud Goodman Post Show Report is 
Written and directed by Spud Goodman. Executive producer, Lori Madsen. Produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions. Associate producer, David Deere. On-air talent, Annie Coleman and Derek Schneider. Live music production and broadcast engineering by Mike Renville at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Production assistants, Trent Botello and Kerry Coleman. Theme music composed and performed by Brian J. Martin. Promotional services and support provided by Big Freak Media, Seattle's only rock and roll publicists. Copyright 2015 Spud Goodman Productions, David Brenneman speaking. Music